Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Podcast. I'm Jordan DeLugo, joined as always by Scott Klein. You can find him on Twitter at ScottKlein1. He's in a you know decent mood. The Jaguars might not be getting it done for him, but he certainly has a uh, baseball team doing pretty well for yeah, him. Yeah, my Red Sox are doing pretty good right now. So, at least I got something to hang my head on. Yeah, good <laughs> stuff for him. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at ScottKlein1. You can follow myself at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter. And of course, you can follow the show at Generation Jaguar on, or excuse me, at Generation Jag on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. You can check out the website, genjag.com. We've got all the latest news, analysis, videos, and of course, podcasts. Uh, we've got Duval gear dropping weekly. Look for a new release tomorrow. I'm pretty excited about that. We've got 30% off everything right now with promo code Keeping the Faith. That's capital K, capital T, capital F. Keeping the Faith. Just want to inspire people to uh, continue to support their team, even though they might not be performing quite up to the standard they set in 2017. But we'll get into that and much more later. Please subscribe to the show on SoundCloud and the iTunes podcast app. And if you're able, please leave us a review. Those really help us out in terms of reaching more people, getting more people finding the podcast. Big shout out to the one and only sponsor of the Gin Jag podcast, Bold City Brewery. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. Online at BoldCityBrewery.com. And, of course, you can visit them at their downtown location on East Bay Street or in Riverside on Roselle. We were out there at their 10-year anniversary party last weekend, had a pop-up shop, had a great time. So uh, go see them and tell them that Jen Jag sent you. We've got a lot to get into today. Injury updates, thoughts from the Texans game. We'll take you around the AFC South. We'll do our pump the brakes of the week. And, of course, we will preview Jaguars vs. Eagles in London. Can the Jaguars find their mojo? We'll see. There's a lot of questions that got to be answered. Austin Powers found his mojo in London, so I think the Jaguars can do the same. Watch party this Sunday, 9 a.m. at Bricks. Complimentary brunch while supplies last until around 11. That'll get you well through the first half, and they'll have drink specials all day. Come hang out with us. You can find more information about the watch party on our Facebook page at Generation Jaguar on Facebook. So, Scott, let's start off with Jaguars Texans. Jags fell to the Texans, final score 20 to 7. 
Offense was a complete no-show until the second half when Cody Kessler entered the game. Let's get to it, Scott. Where do you want to start with thinking about this game? I mean, there's one glaring thing that sticks out to you. Your starting quarterback got benched. Yeah. And it's really the first time... Who's that? Well, besides Blake Bortles. Oh, Blake Bortles. (laughs) He was benched. I forgot about that. And outside (laughs) the little kind of QB competition last preseason... This is a real. This is the first real time where the question of maybe his job was in jeopardy started to be to actually arise. I mean, it's always outside the building been questioned, but I mean, you don't you don't you don't bench your starting guy in a two possession ball game, or I guess it was a three possession ball game at that point, um, unless you know something has to change. They it sends a it sends a message. I mean, he wasn't good enough. Right. Turning the ball over isn't is going to get you bits and it's going to cost you cost your job, and he can he can't stop himself from doing it. Certainly not lately. Uh, Cody Kessler entered the game with ten fifty left in the third quarter. I thought he played very well, completing yeah. over seventy percent of his passes and leading the offense on what I believe to be two impressive drives and less than one half of play, which is a lot more than Blake Bortles can say lately. Mm. Uh, inconsistent play by the receivers is really killing drives. Keelan Cole, you saw him have two drops on third down to start the game, and then he also had a drop in the fourth quarter. You saw TJ Yeldon's drop that ended up uh, sailing through his hands and landing in the waiting arms of Teron Matthew for a uh, a turnover that really kind of ended any hope that the Jaguars had there of winning that game. These receivers... I think they started out the season pretty well. I was pretty impressed with them outside of Dante Moncrief when you look at Keelan Cole. I think D.D. Westbrook's still playing pretty well. But uh, they really got to get back on track after a few subpar performances in my mind. And I think they have the ability to do it. I just think it, it needs to get done. Yeah, I mean, when your quarterback is struggling like he has been and he's not getting help from his receivers... No wonder things haven't been right. to get moving. Yeah, and I mean, obviously the offensive line as well is not yeah. helping out. Jadavian Clowney wrecked that game for the Jaguars. Whitney I'll, Merciless also played very well I will well say, J.J. Watt was held in check pretty well. Absolutely. I think Parnell did a good job. Yeah, Parnell played really well, and I don't think he's dealing with the knee injury anymore. We'll get to that later on, but I do think he did play a lot better. Um Start us off with the defensive side of the ball. What is your take on how the defense is playing? There's a lot of different yeah. uh, opinions out there on really wh- what the state of the defense is right now. I definitely have a strong opinion on mm. the defense. What's yours? Um, I will. They technically, if you take away the two turnovers inside their own 35-yard line, right. they gave up 10 points. Like Bortles fumbled the ball yeah. at his own 12 and yeah. also at his own 36. So... The numbers get skewed there, but 20 points in the NFL, you can overcome that. No, You team should is, be able to overcome that. You should be able to. I mean, it's just when the backup quarterback comes in and drives down the field twice, they were in the red zone when they threw that last interception. So they were within a couple plays of potentially making it a one-score game. Yeah. It's... It's infuriating. I mean, so the defense, I think they played well. The running 
the the Houston running game was really kicking off. And, yeah, there was one the one the missed tackles were yeah, pretty bad. The one really nice drive that the Texans had on the day that was a long drive really was the running game just then they straight out just, of the Jaguars it just with seemed Lamar like Miller. They were just getting blown off the line of scrimmage. The linebackers weren't really I don't think that they were in position to make the plays and when they were, they were missing a ton of tackles. Yeah. So I think the linebackers really were the weak link. Um, I thought they pressured Watson for most of the game. They didn't get home every time because he had like 12 people <laughs> in the block for him. He had, he made some amazing he, and just he, evasive yeah. moves to, to, to escape some sacks. With, the, with, with reportedly a punctured lung and he couldn't fly here. Incredible, yeah. He, he really toughed it out. But um, I don't think the secondary played bad. Um, they gave up a couple when the pressure didn't get there, get home. Right, but, but I mean, teams are going to complete passes yeah, every week. That's yeah. going to happen. Cody Kessler ended with more passing yards than Deshaun Watson did. Right, and he played less than a half. <laughs> Granted, he did throw the ball 30 times, but uh, he played very well, I believe. Um, but yeah, defensively, a lot of people are really getting after the Jaguars' defense, <laughs> saying it doesn't have the same skill that it did last year or isn't playing with the same skill or swagger or confidence. I think the defense is playing fantastic. I think that it's tough to it's tough to get the pressure you need to when teams are allowed to run the ball because they have a lead. The biggest thing for me, and you can I think one hundred percent you can look directly at this and say it's a big factor, is the turnover margin. Right. They're not getting turnovers and their offense is turning the ball over in terrible positions. I, I do think that there have been some missed opportunities to grab turnovers. There's been some unfortunate bounces. Uh, but I, I think a lot of the turnover thing, again, goes back to the offense just not doing them any favors. Mm-hmm. When when the Jaguars were getting a lot of turnovers last year, a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it came when the offense was able to score early, uh, teams having to pass the ball to try to score to catch up with the Jaguars. And then that defense just feasts. If it, if you have to pass the ball against the Jaguars' defense, you're probably not going to fare very well. Yeah. If you can have a balanced attack, you have a shot. Yeah, and I mean... At, a shot at at least not hurting your team as an offense. In the normal pace of a game, they I think they gave up 13 points in the first half. That's... that's an average... I would say that's about... That would be about close to average. Yeah, I mean... It's not average for the Jaguars. It's more no, than the Jaguars. And I, and I think but NFL-wise, it's not. More often than not, the drives on offense are just completely stalling. So the other team has more possessions, more plays. The volume going against the defense is always going to inflate the numbers and right. make everything worse. And it's going to cause later in the game, they're just going to get worn down and give up more plays. No That's doubt. And they didn't really do that. Yeah. yeah they played really well <laughs> as a defense in the second half. So the things that they should like, the things that should happen, like them wearing down in the fourth quarter, it didn't happen. Um, it's just when you're constantly asked, like, "Hey, you have to win the ball game for us," just because they don't answer that call doesn't mean they aren't playing well, right? And aren't playing well enough to win. It's just that they're not take, they're not playing at an all-time level like they were at times last year, right? And yeah, you shouldn't have to. In this league, if you have to rely on your defense every week to win you the game, you're not going to be very successful. Yeah, It's just the way it is. Excuse me. The Jaguars are now at a crossroad. Nine games left to play. They're a game back in their division behind the Texans now. 
They've got the Eagles up next. Can they go and get to 4-4 four and four entering their bye week? That is the big question moving forward. Looking back a little bit, though, staying with some things that happened earlier in the week. Happy birthday. Well, this is today. Happy birthday, Jalen Ramsey. But looking at what he said following the game is where we're going to go right now. Following the loss, he said, it's no secret what's going on here right now. Ain't nobody going to say it because we can't, but it ain't no secret what's going on and it ain't right. If there was any question as to what he may have been talking about, which there really wasn't, it's the, let's be honest. Ramsey then proceeded to delete a picture of he and Blake Bortles shaking hands <laughs> from his Instagram account. <laughs> Ramsey is talking about the fact that Blake Bortles is still the Jaguars quarterback. Yeah. Uh, he's pissed. He wants to win games, and the offense isn't helping him out at all. Yeah, and you could see... After the touchdown on Sunday, when um, Cody Kessler came to the sideline, he went directly to the defense, and they were fired up. Yeah, I mean he he went over there. He was he was getting getting yeah. Rowdy his with play him. gave the defense energy in yeah. the second half without question. And I think you'll see more of that. I think with Blake Bortles, he's just continuously over the past three or four weeks just gone down, and you've been watching it, and it wears down on the fans. And I guarantee you it wears down on the people on the defense as well. Yeah. And it's it's you you see, like Marone said, he was just trying to get a spark. He was trying to get something. And I think you saw that. The way that the they, the football team played after Kessler came in. I agree completely. Now Ramsey wasn't the only one who was upset. I mean, there was fight breaking out in the locker room. Unique Ngakwe was mm-hmm. being restrained restrained by Calais Campbell, unsuccessfully, I might add. It was a rough, rough thing going on on Sunday. After the game, Doug Marone, and we'll just go ahead and jump into it here, the debate, Blake Bortles versus Cody Kessler, to frame this whole debate. Um, Doug Marone, after the game, says the quarterback starting quarterback position is open. Uh, 24 hours later, he decides he's made his decision on who would be the starter. And then... Less than an hour later, it gets released that that decision had been made and it had been Blake Bortles chosen to start in Week 8 against the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's uh, let's just present both sides of the argument here. I mean, why why do you think Blake Bortles was chosen? Or why do you think, is there any good reason that Blake Bortles was chosen for this job this week? If Blake Bortles is on, he can win a Super Bowl. Yeah, and I can, I, I can confidently been. say that if he if good Blake shows up, he can win a Super Bowl. He has all the arm talent in the world. He's a big guy. He makes he makes plays with his legs. He's one of the best running quarterbacks of all time. Um, he behind this seemingly more and more porous offensive line, he's able to escape pressure and he's able to make something out of nothing. Um, there's a lot of ifs and buts in what I just said. Right. Um, a lot has to go right, and it hasn't been lately. Uh, so th- I think that's the reason why you would potentially see him being the starting, being the quarterback moving forward. Because if you look at the way he played in the playoffs last year, if you look at the way he played against New England, there's hope. I mean, he keeps giving you reasons to think, hey, maybe this guy can be the quarterback for yeah. the future. But then he, he hasn't given them lately. Yeah, that's for sure. It's been 
awful since. Yeah, I mean, I think also just the experience in London yeah. definitely plays in his favor. He's won three consecutive games for the Jaguars in London. They've put up points in each of those games. Uh, against the Ravens last year, they dropped 44. Uh, the year before that, against the Colts, they were able to score uh, 30 points, I believe. And then the year before that, I believe they scored 34 points against the Bills. So they've been able to put up a lot of points in London. Blake Bortles has been feeling it in London. He had been feeling it at home, too, prior to the last couple games. So uh, it's obviously by no means a guarantee that Blake will play well in this game, but he has the experience of uh, dealing with the jet lag, dealing with the difference in time zone, Mm -hmm. playing at 9.30 in the morning. He has all the experience on his side for this one as well. And I think Hunter made a good point as we were texting about this um, earlier. I think you sent a message you said, hey, this is, we're not going to take this. He got benched. You put him out there and see how he responds. Yeah. If it continues and you bench him again, then you move forward. I don't. I think he's, he thinks benching him, or he thinks moving on from him after this benching is pulling the trigger too, too quickly. Yeah. Um, just give the guy the crack at it, which seems crazy after four plus years of being here. But he says just, you know, you sent a message. He knows the stakes. If his play continues, then you move on. I mean, yep. and I think going up against the world champion, you would hope he would rise to the occasion. But after that, you have your bye week. You have the Colts. You can really give Cody Kessler as much time as he needs to really prepare to be the starter if that's the way that, uh, if that it's going to be going. Yeah. So... I don't believe Blake Bortles should be starting. I don't. Be- I also don't believe that Doug Marone should have come out and say that the position was open, yeah. only to go back to Blake Bortles. I think if the position is open, uh, you really give both guys a shot at it. That obviously didn't happen. He probably just shouldn't have said that. That was probably something that he just after going Emotional. back and, and thinking about it more, he was like, you know what, that's probably not the right way to go about it. It seemed like something you would say before a week of practice to see what each guy does. Yeah. Now, I do believe Cody Kessler should be starting this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that throughout training camp, preseason, and then into the second half against the Texans defense, that's a really strong defense uh, last week, that he just has played very well. Uh, He completed 70% of his passes last week. During his time in Cleveland, he completed over 65% of his passes. Uh, His career touchdown-to-interception ratio is uh, better than 2-to-1. He absolutely is a just better quarterback right now in terms of running a functional offense. Problem is the Jaguars' offense might not be that functional with uh, the just hemorrhaging on the offensive line, the massive amounts of pressure Mm -hmm. being let up. Kessler was sacked four times in the second half, one of them being a strip sack. Fortunately, the Jaguars were able to get back on it, and Cody Kessler was able to lead them down the field and get them in scoring position before T.J. Yeldon uh, dropped that pass that ended up getting intercepted by Matthew. But Cody Kessler played very well, and he showed the ability to escape the pocket, roll out, hit people on the run. Uh, He showed the ability to improvise with that... uh, heaving toss to TJ Yeldon in the end zone. So I think that Kessler would have been the right decision. I don't necessarily think that because they chose Blake Bortles means that they're going to necessarily lose this game. Blake Bortles can snap out of it at any time. He's shown a precedent to do that in the past. Um, 
he could be good like this week, and the Jaguars could trounce the Eagles. You never know what will happen. Yeah. I, uh, Cody Kessler, to me, uh, Blake Bortles, the ceiling is higher, but the floor of Cody Kessler is much lower. Or much, you mean much higher? Much higher. Yeah. Correct. Um, to me, what sealed it and what made me say that Cody Kessler should be the starter is he actually makes the easy throws look easy. Right. And Blake has made them look painfully difficult at times. Yeah, and he just gets the ball out quickly. Yeah. If there's a short pass to be had, he'll get the ball out, keep the offense ahead of the chains, mm. just keep things rolling. And I think he actually fits the offense better because of what they want to be. If they were at a full complement, let's say that at the beginning of the year, everyone's healthy, you start out there, you have a quarterback who the short and intermediate game he excels at, he might not have the arm strength to really push the defense deep, but you want to be a pound the rock, control the ball offense anyway. Yeah, I think he fits what they want to be better than Blake Bortles. I agree. Um, now, moving on from that, Blake Bortles will be the starter. That's just the way it's going to be. He reportedly will have a short leash. We'll see how short it is. We might talk about that here in a few minutes. Um, good on you. That's just, you know, I want to give TJ Yeldon some credit. He obviously had the terrible play, dropping the pass and getting getting the ball intercepted there for Cody Kessler. But outside of that, he's just been so steady for the offense. He's been uh, really just the most effective and consistent and reliable weapon for the Jaguars offense as a pass catcher and as a runner. He's averaging five and a half yards a touch. He has over 500 all-purpose yards and five touchdowns on the year. Without him, I don't know where this Jaguars team would be. I yeah. mean, the offense has been terrible. Imagine how poor it would have been looking the last few weeks without TJ Yeldon doing what he's been doing. Yeah, he's been the most consistent player on offense by far, except outside of maybe Linder. Um, well, most consistent offensive weapon. Yeah. Um, and he's been hobbled. Yeah. I mean, he's been really fighting through. Battling through ankle injuries, mm-hmm. foot injuries. He's. Healthy now, he's not on the injury report any longer, which is obviously a very good thing. But I just think he's a guy in a contract year that's been really balling out, and it's going to be sad uh, if he ends up not staying with the Jaguars next year, which seems pretty likely based Mm -hmm. on his performance so far. I think there's going to be plenty of suitors for his services, teams that like to air it out. I mean, could you imagine him playing with uh, Tom Brady or Drew Brees? God, he would be perfect in that spread out offense to where blocking is is huge. If you yeah. can't do that, he's an excellent receiver out of the backfield. And to, he's proven it this year. He can be the guy that carries the rock 15 times a game. Right. Now, before we get to our pump the bricks, uh, I think we should answer a few fan questions here. We've got one from Instagram. And uh, the question is, if the Jaguars trade for a quarterback, what will they give up and who will they get? I don't believe the Jaguars will trade for a quarterback, but the question is, if the Jaguars trade for a quarterback. This actually spoils my pump the brakes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I will say, pump the brakes on thinking that. I know it seems like they have to make a move, but given salary cap implications, given the guys that they have in the building... I, I do. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. If it did, I don't think it would be a guy like Eli Manning. I, I would certainly I hope not. I don't think he's an upgrade at all. I don't either. I think the only realistic person that I would see off the top of my head is a Tyrod Taylor. 
Um, now that Baker Mayfield seemingly has the starting job on lock. And if you're looking at that, they're going to want something for him. I mean, they value Tyra Taylor. He started the beginning of the year. You would have to give up, I would say, at least a third-round pick, if not more. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Uh, I don't know. You might not have to give up a third-round pick. It's he, I, The only reason it's a third is because of the position. It's possible. <laughs> um, I, I think Tyrod Taylor would. Well, in a perfect world, Teddy Bridgewater, I think, would be the perfect fit. Yeah. I, I don't just, think that would happen. They, I think They just traded for him. I think <laughs> it'd be easier to acquire Tyrod Taylor <laughs> than it would be to get Teddy Bridgewater. I think Teddy Bridgewater could be a foundational piece at quarterback. Yeah, and I think that the Saints think that too because they they've already given right. up draft capital for him. Yeah, so I don't see that either of those happening. So uh, thank you though for submitting that question, Noah. Period Coon on Instagram. Now we've also got another question here from Twitter from the Brandon Joyce. Shout out to you, Mister Joyce. Regarding Marone saying Blake has a short leash, how short do you think his <laughs> leash is? And what will it take for Marone to put Kessler back in the game? I think I that's a really good question. I don't think of it as much as a leash. I think he's got a shot collar on him right now. And Marone's <laughs> just got the remote with his finger just hovering above the button. I mean, <laughs> he's all eyes are going to be on Blake, and he's he knows it. I mean, I think if he has another game like Sunday where he's turning the ball over consistently, count on it. Bank on it. I mean, it, it will happen. How quickly? I mean, I mean, is, I it, is it going to be like if he, if two turnovers happen, is then is that when it comes? Or I don't. If see there's a turnover in the first quarter, or two turnovers in the first quarter, like what's it going to take? I say halftime would be the, the earliest I would see it happening, unless they're getting blown out, or unless. And then at that point, the answer to the question doesn't even matter yeah. because you're not I mean, going to win the game. Yeah. So I mean. Uh, even, like, let's say he throws... Although the Eagles have shown a precedent this year, last week even, to yeah. give up big leads. Uh, they were up 17-0 and ended up falling to the Panthers last week. So I say if, if he throws an interception on each of their first possessions, I think the clock's ticking. I mean, okay, what if, <laughs> what if the first possession is a three and out yeah. with a couple incompletions that are bad throws? I could see that. Or something to that effect. And then the next possession is a bad interception or a bad fumble. I, do you trot him back out there again? Yeah, I think you do. Man. I, it would be tough. I just, I don't... I, I don't know how you could face your defense and yeah. just honestly say this is what we need to be doing. I just think two possessions is is very quick. Okay, I mean, so I, what if the third possession after that then... I know this. We're getting to a lot of high yeah. levels, but it's just a little fun experiment, I believe. I'm having fun, anyways. Hopefully, our listeners mm-hmm. are too. Uh, so, what happens if there's the three and out interception, another three and out? Then do you start thinking about Kessler getting in you're, the game? You're probably getting midway to through the second quarter. Yeah, um, starting to get close to halftime. I could see it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. middle of the second quarter to halftime would be like. Okay, that's that's when you pull the trigger if things are just as bad as yeah. you think they are. If it was me, if the Jaguars can't score in the first quarter, I'm pulling Blake Bortles. They have not yeah. shown the ability to come back in any games this year. And 
if they haven't scored in the first quarter, like I said earlier, they haven't won the game. Blake Bortles is not going to win you the game if he's not winning it in the first quarter. Give yourself a chance. Let's say he's not necessarily hurting the team. He's making some throws, maybe getting a first down on the drive or so, but you start falling behind. Philadelphia scores a touchdown there in first possession. You get a couple, you pin them maybe decently in their field position. They get 10 nothing. You get it. He might move the ball a little bit. You punt it back to him. They go down again, thirteen or seventeen nothing. I mean, it might not even take him playing very poorly, but just not giving the offense what it needs yeah. to be able to win. I mean, he might not throw any or turn the ball over at all, and they and they uh, feel like they need to pull him. Perhaps. I mean, I certainly can't see a situation where there's no turnovers and Cody Kessler still gets in the game. I, I'm just saying, if it's me. If you don't put up any points in the first quarter, you're out. Yeah. I just think you, the Jaguars have no chance of winning with Blake Bortles after that if, after that scenario would happen. And perhaps there would be a chance with Cody Kessler. Who knows? All right, so Scott's pump the brakes was... Don't expect them to trade for a quarterback right. during the season. My pump the brakes is people being so damn critical of the defense. This is not on the defense. Everyone's like, oh, it's a team game. It's a team game. Yes, it is a team game. This defense is doing everything they possibly can to win games outside of the Dallas Cowboys aberration. This defense is giving up 16 points a game outside of that, that uh, poor showing. And they've just been so, so good. It's just so unfortunate that the offense can't do anything to help them out. I mean, if you, as a defense, give up 16 points per game for an entire season and your offense can't just average 20 points a game, that has got to be so demoralizing. So anyways, I'm just saying pump the brakes on being critical of the defense. The defense is getting after it. The pressures are there. Uh, the lack of yardage is there. They're still the best against the, the pass in the NFL these guys are doing everything they possibly can. I don't think there's anything else they can do at this point. They've got to get more turnovers, but I think a lot of that has to do with the offense just not giving them anything. I, I think if you can look at a couple things, you can look at the Titans game. They gave up nine points right. and lost. I think the Chiefs game is very overblown by the deep poor. I mean, they only gave up quote. 23 points in that game to the Kansas Blake City Chiefs. Blake threw four interceptions. Yeah. How do you fight through that? And and they got, the Chiefs were also gifted a touchdown uh, on one of those. So <laughs> it's it's frustrating. I I just want people to shut the hell up about the defense. This is an excellent defense. They're playing very good football. If the offense could do anything, this team would probably be. They'd probably be either five and two or six and one if the offense was doing anything. If they absolutely were, should have beaten the Titans with, with what they were able to do on defense. If they were anywhere close to average on offense, yeah, then they... Then the they only game won. I'm looking at for sure that's a loss is the Cowboys game. They just weren't ready for that. Yeah, And then the, the Chiefs, I'll probably give that to the Chiefs as well just because I think the Chiefs would probably win in a shootout mm-hmm. uh, if the offense was able to do something there. So I think the Jaguars would be sitting at 5-2 and two if the offense was just okay. Yeah, and that's... Unbelievably awful. Yeah. And it sucks. It does. So let's get into injuries talking about suck. Leonard Fournette, hamstring, still not practicing. DJ Hayden, toe, still not practicing. Tyler Patman suffered a neck injury. He's not practicing. 
Donald Payne suffered a knee injury. He's not practicing. James O'Shaughnessy, he was out last week with the hip. He's still not in there. Uh, Donald Payne, that's interesting. One of the positions we thought prior to the season that could get tested during the season if there were injuries was linebacker. That hasn't happened yet. Uh, So just kind of interesting to see a linebacker. And he's a big special teams guy. Right. Uh, Practiced today but was still on the injury report. Trey Herndon, hamstring. He should be good to go this weekend finally. He's been out for a little while. Brandon Linder practiced today. He participated in the first Wednesday practice that he has participated in all season. So that's a good sign, I think, of progress for his knee. Andrew Norwell, he's also been missing some time in practice. He also practiced today. He has a foot injury that's been nagging. Jeremy Parnell, no longer the knee injury, but he has a shoulder injury now. Not too worried about that. As long as his legs are good to go, I think he can do an adequate job blocking on the right side there for the Jaguars. Then you've got Calais Campbell, who's been banged up all year. He's got an ankle and a hip going on right now, so he's going to keep battling through it, but you got to feel for that guy. Let's move on. AFC South Roundup, and then we'll get into our Eagles-Jaguars preview AFC South Roundup. Jaguars, as we all know, are 3-4. and four. They're a game back in the division, tied for second with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Titans just lost to the Chargers in London. No surprise there. They're on their bye week. They're 3-4. and four. So uh, they're going to rest up. And then they've got the Cowboys on Monday Night Football the following week. Texans are in first place all by themselves at 4-3. and three. They've been winning ug- ugly, but wins in this league count. Texans take on the Dolphins at home tomorrow uh, on Thursday night football. So that'll be an interesting game for sure. I'm really annoyed that I have to root for the Dolphins, but I'll accept it. Yeah, I'll take it. Whatever. (laughs) I don't don't have any problem rooting for anybody playing the Texans. The Colts bring up the rear at 2-5. No surprise there. They take on the Raiders. What is a surprise is that the Raiders are amazingly worse than the Colts this year, and they're just having a fire sale out there in Oakland, it seems like. They're ready to get rid of anyone. I just I'm gonna do a little aside here for a second. I saw something today with John Gruden, who said he didn't tell his players about the trade after Monday practice because he didn't know if it was official yet. While at that same time, <laughs> Amari the trade Cooper you're was referring to is Amari Cooper Amari getting Cooper. traded to the Cowboys for a first round. At pick. that time, Amari Cooper was practicing with the Cowboys already, <laughs> and he hadn't told his players yet. Crazy, crazy story <laughs> like, what? there. What are you talking about? Yeah, the Raiders. They do have three first-round picks. They gotta. They gotta hit on this this year. Certainly, getting rid of everybody. Uh, After a nice start to the season for Jacksonville and Tennessee, both teams are headed in the wrong directions. While the Texans continue to surprisingly win ugly football games, it's no surprise who's in last place. But uh, this this division has been a little wacky so far. We'll see what happens as it plays out with nine games left. It is time now to get into our Jaguars-Eagles preview. want to thank Bold City Brewery, as always, the one and only sponsor of the Gin Jag podcast. All right, so the Eagles here are favored by three points. Jaguars are losers of three straight, while the Eagles have lost three of four. Both teams are reeling right now. Uh, the Jaguars have won three straight in London. They've really, really shown that Playing there as often as it has has really benefited them. At least it looks like on the surface. And uh, the Jaguars will be wearing black on black 
a little uniform watch. It'll be the first time they're wearing black on black all year. So which excited. is supposed to be like their standard uniform. I was, but they haven't done it yet. Yeah. So it's uh, I was hoping that weird. it would be unveiled at the Steelers game. Yeah. That'd be that'd be I'll accept sweet. this. Yeah. Black on black. I'm excited about it. Glad to see it. 9.30 a.m. kickoff. Don't forget. <laughs> it's the best game of the year. Do Regardless. not sleep in on Sunday and miss it, obviously. 9.30 a.m. kickoff. They should have 9.30 kickoff every Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's a, good, it's a good time. We'll be out there at the Bricks Tap House, complimentary brunch, food, and uh, uh, drink specials all day. So come out and hang out with us at Bricks Tap House in Jacksonville Beach. Some storylines heading into this game. Carlos Hyde will make his debut for the Jaguars, uh, he's a powerful runner. He runs angry, as as he said himself. He says he'd rather and he'd rather hit the guy than get hit. <laughs> so, uh, I like what he the p- potential he brings to the Jaguars' offense. There. I really hope he's ready for a full workload. I mean, I want this guy needs. We need some sort of yeah. The Jaguars want to get back to pounding the rock, and Carlos Hyde, they believe, is the guy that's going to help them do that. R.I.P. Jamal Charles. He will be yeah, missed. Two weeks. Poor When's guy. that ring of honor going on in, <laughs> in the pride? Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, I don't believe he expected to only be on the roster for two weeks. Yeah. But happy trails. Uh, it was cool to have him on the team. Yeah. Sucks that he's gone, but it is what it is. The Jaguars need to win football games, and he wasn't helping him do that. So. Yeah. Malcolm Jenkins says watching Blake Bortles <laughs> <laughs> preparing for this Jaguars Ooh. game is proof that Colin Kaepernick deserves a job. If that's not bulletin board material, I don't know what is. The Jaguars need to stand up for their quarterback, and uh, not not necessarily uh, in the media or anything like it, but on the football field. They need to show... And Malcolm Jenkins or Blake Bortles needs to show Malcolm Jenkins what's up. Yeah. This is a real. Uh, that's a that's a huge shot. I mean, yeah, a guy who hasn't played football in two years who can't get a job. Yeah, he might not be wrong. I don't necessarily disagree <laughs> with Malcolm Jenkins, but if you're the Jaguars, if you're Blake Bortles, if you you're the Jaguars' offense, yeah, you take it personally and uh, you, you go after him. I think they absolutely should do that. Uh, Doug versus Doug. Speaking of. Eagles personnel kind of throwing shots at the Jaguars. Doug Peterson, in his book that was released this offseason, called out Doug Marone for really being conservative at the end of the second half, or end of the first half against the Patriots in the AFC Championship game that the Jaguars ended up losing. He did not believe the Jaguars should uh, kneel to get into halftime, and he, he really was... Really harsh talking about Doug Marone's decisions there. And Doug Marone, of course, responded later, I think that week or the next week, saying he read a book of, of his own this summer titled The Art of Not Giving a Bleep. And what is it? An unintuitive uh, way to live a good life or something to that effect. Really funny response there for Doug Marone obviously he's he's had a good sense of humor since being in Jacksonville if I'm Doug Marone if I'm the Jaguars players I want to win this game just to shove it in Doug Peterson's face because I I just would be pissed if I was Doug Marone yeah I mean 
He's never going to admit it, but I think he wants this one. Mm-hmm. He wants to show that he can outcoach this guy who criticized him in a book. You know, those words are never going to go yeah. away. That is a book that's going to be here. It's going to be around. Doug Marone's always going to have that, and uh, I think if he can exact a little revenge, that would be a big deal for him. Maybe at the end of the game, he can sign he can sign a copy for him. Hopefully, yeah. with the Jaguars on the winning end. Yeah. That'd be awesome if he asked him for an autograph after beating him. Yeah, Doug Peterson's actually been making some weird decisions as the head coach at the end of quarter or at the end of halves this season for the Eagles. So it's kind of weird that that's all coming together. But yeah, if I'm Doug Marone, I really want to get after get after it this week and and show Doug Peterson. You know, maybe I'm not such a dumbass. Yeah. So. Getting into the real meat of this game, let's look at the Eagles and what they've got going on with their roster. Their offense, a lot of talent out there. Carson Wentz, one of the best young quarterbacks in football. He was on his way to MVP-type season last year, playing really well again this year. Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, rookie tight end Dallas Goder, all big-time weapons. Nelson Aguilar, who uh, was really their go-to wide receiver to start the season, has fallen off as of late. He'll be in the slot for them. Carson Wentz completed 70% of his passes so far this year. 10 touchdowns, just one interception. He hasn't been perfect. He has fumbled in every game this year. And he did so twice last week in the loss to the Panthers. What are your thoughts on this uh, Eagles passing attack? Yeah, I mean, if Carson Wentz plays like he played last year, he's an MVP candidate. I mean, he was on the road to run away with that before he tore his ACL. Um, He's got a lot of weapons. He's very he's deceivingly athletic. I mean, he he can really move. No um, they 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 were the one who kind of kickstarted the RPO trend that's sweeping the NFL now. Mm-hmm. As much as Colin, Chris Collinsworth is trying to get it to. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he's he's he can beat you with his arm, he can beat you with his legs. Um Zach Ertz, if he's healthy, is one of the best tight ends in the NFL and they've They've killed us at that position lately. Yeah. Um, so they won't necessarily have to have as much of a worry about the running game without Jai or right. torn ACL from last year. Yeah. Departing. Darren Sproles is out with a hamstring. Mm-hmm. Corey Clement has been okay. Wendell Smallwood, he's also okay. He must practice personal reason. Assume he'll be back uh, later in the week for the Eagles. But yeah, you don't need to worry too much about their running backs. Um, obviously, you can't take any NFL player for granted, but that's mm-hmm. not going to be your main concern in this one. Their O-line has been surprisingly suspect. They've allowed 22 sacks on the year, which ranks 26th in football. Did not expect that coming yeah, into the that season. Yeah, that was one of their stronger points last year, right. is how well their offensive line performed, especially in, the play- in their playoff run. No doubt about it. Now, flipping sides of the ball, the Eagles' defense, uh, they have... Quite the front when it comes to pass rushing. They've registered just insane 174 pressures this year. Uh, They did find out earlier this week that pass rusher Derek Barnett will miss the rest of the season with a shoulder injury. That'll hurt their depth in a big way, but they still have plenty of talent with Fletcher Cox, just a man, Brandon Graham, Michael Bennett, and Chris Long out there. They've They've got some talent still on that defensive front. So uh, that's going to be a huge challenge for the Jaguars' offensive line. Jordan Hicks and Nigel Bradham are a good couple of off-the-ball linebackers that can fly around, but their run defense is surrendering uh, 4.5 yards per rush on the season, which is one of the worst worst uh, yards per carry allowed defensively by any team this year. 
But their back end is where they're really struggling defensively. Uh, Sidney Jones is injured. <laughs> their young cornerback, Rodney McLeod, is out for the uh, year, I believe. He's at least out right now. Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills have both been getting eaten up on the outside. They surrender the most yards per game to outside receivers in all of football. Or excuse me, second most. Um, and then you've got Malcolm Jenkins, of course, who is an excellent strong safety, but he can only do so much. Um, and he's not necessarily an excellent cover guy. He's he's more of an in-the-box safety. Not to say he can't cover. He certainly has made plays in coverage throughout his time in Philly there. What do you see from this defense? I mean, despite all of the yards they're allowing on the outside to receivers and the 4.5 yards per rush on the season that they're allowing, they're still only allowing uh, 19.7 points per game as a defense, which is one of the best num- numbers in the NFL there. Yeah, with the pass rush, that can really kind of cover all a lot of your other flaws. Um, crunch time, they've struggled. Yeah. Just this past week, they blew a 17-0 lead in the fourth quarter. Right. You know, 21 straight. So, uh, Rodney, Rodney McLeod really seemed like a linchpin of this defense. And losing him has had a bigger impact than a lot of people thought it would. And like you said, the secondary is just getting just burnt. I mean, they're getting torched. So maybe we'll find a way to exploit that. I'm, it all depends on who shows up on, on Sunday. Yeah. Is it good Blake or bad Blake? <laughs> yeah. Keys to victory. It's like, I feel on, like it's like Two-Face from, yeah. uh, from Batman. You Certainly. flip a coin and it's like, oh, here we go. Yep. I don't think that's a bad comparison at all there. Now let's get to the keys to victory on the offensive side of the ball. I think I've mentioned it before. Find a way to score on the first or second drive. Find a way to score in the first quarter. Outscript the Eagles. Nate Hackett, that really falls on you and Blake Bortles. Obviously the receivers need to get the job done and so does the running game. But if you score in the first quarter, the Jaguars are undefeated this year. If you don't score, they haven't won. So you got to go out and get some first quarter points. Somehow, some way, get something. Um, Scott, what's what? What's your next key to victory on the offensive side of the ball? You just have to have sustained drives. Your yep. defense can't be on the field for a majority of the game. You can't have these three and outs. You can't have turnovers early in the possessions. Just have some sort of success, even if you're just flipping the field, getting better field position. You have to be able to eat. The clock. And yeah. You have to be able to keep the ball. The, the easiest way to keep someone from scoring is to not let them have the ball. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just you have to be able to have some sort of sustained success, not just score a touchdown on one drive and then kind of pitter-patter around yeah. for the rest of the game. You have to be able to continuously be able to, at bare minimum, flip the field to give your defense some sort of an advantage. Yeah. Um, the next key here... Don't let Blake Bortles just play uh, within 10 yards. He needs to attack the the, def- the defense on the outside. He needs to attack Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby. He's got Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook, D.J. Chark, Dante Moncrief. These guys need to really show kind of what they showed earlier in the season. Get after it. Beat some guys that they are capable of beating. They're fully capable of beating this defense on the outside. They should go out there and get it done. Um it's going to be tough, obviously, with that pass rush. But if you can get these guys winning quickly and Blake Bortles finding them quickly, 
that's just going to be huge for the offense. And if that happens, quite frankly, I don't know how you stop the Jaguars' offense. Yeah, and I mean, the offensive line, they just really, you talked about the pass rush. I know they've been banged up, and you've kind of got a patchwork line there, but you have to give him, you have to give Blake Bortles time. Yeah. Especially against this front, he will get eaten alive if these guys struggle. So you have to be able to at least give him a little bit of time to be able to find the open guy for him to have any shot and not getting benched in favor of Kessler. Definitely. Uh, now you got to not forget about Carlos Hyde and TJ Yeldon. The Jaguars have mentioned a lot they want to get back to their smash-mouth style of football. These two guys, uh, they're, they should form you know at least one of the top half running back duos in football right now. Carlos Hyde is no slouch. He's an impressive runner, downhill runner, but he can also make you miss with his agility. And TJ Yeldon's a do-it-all type of guy. He can do everything you ask him to do. It's going to be interesting. Blake Bortles, he's most successful when he gets going on first down, but the Jaguars are going to want to run the ball a lot too in this one. So the way they play that, the way Nate Hackett is able to find the balance, uh, or if he is able to find the balance, is going to be huge. Yeah, I mean... Like you said, they a lot early on this past week, it was just run, run, pass. And they were setting themselves up for these long to intermediate third down conversions. And, I mean, that might as well be a test sentence for Blake Bortles because throughout his career, he hasn't shown the capability to be able to complete those consistently. Yeah. Um, like I mentioned earlier, um, you really have to focus on the tight ends. These guys are deadly. Um, the Dallas Goddard, um, Zach Ertz. Is he French now? Isn't it Goddard? I don't know. Goddard? I thought Goddard, it was Goddard. 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 I don't know what it is. Somebody tell us what how his name is properly pronounced. But anyways, <laughs> getting back to the tight ends. Yeah, I mean, they're they, they just... Zach Ertz, like we said, is one of the best in the NFL. Um, you really have to find a way to slow those guys down. Um, the linebackers theoretically shouldn't have to be as focused on the running game just because they don't have the guys. Right. They don't have the guys to really scare you. Um, so, I mean, def- at least defensively, that's going to be a huge part of being able to slow this offense down. Because they Zach Ertz is one of the best, and they love filtering the offense through him. They sure do. Uh, I want to see this defense play press man early and often on the outside. Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boy, I believe they're the best cornerback duo in the league. Let them prove it this week. Play to their strengths. Let them use their physicality. And let them handle their business on the outside while you mainly worry about those uh, tight ends like you mentioned on the inside. And then finally, get home on some sacks. Uh, Jaguars defense, if they want to regain their 2017 turno- turnover magic, they absolutely have to get home on some of these pressures they're doing fine getting pressure but they need to land land a lot more sacks and if they do if they're able to get their hands on Carson Wentz he is likely to cough up the ball like I said earlier he has fumbled in every game that he's played in this season last week he fumbled twice got to get after this kid rattle his cage a little bit he's resilient but this defense absolutely has the ability to handle this offense I believe at this point in the season They were a totally different offense last year with the ability to really run the ball, with the ability to really pass protect. But I think they're just as vulnerable as the Jaguars right now. Yeah, I mean, you look at the way they've been playing the past couple weeks, and it seems like 
as much turmoil and anxiety as there is on this side of the the field, there is just so much. Likewise, over there. Yeah, I mean they 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 have some problems that might not be at the surface level, but just just something's not clicking. No doubt about it. Now. Getting into our week eight predictions, Scott. We'll have you lead off here. Oh. Who's gonna Who's gonna bring it home? The Eagles or the Jaguars? God, I, every single week it start It started with the Cowboys. I was like, this is a must win game. If they're gonna turn it around, they have to show up here. And you saw what happened last week. I said, okay, this is literally the defining moment of the season. If you don't win this game, you might be in trouble. Look, look what happened. I think they play well in London. Um, I think the Eagle, they're getting the Eagles at, the, at a good time. Um, I, I don't think they're firing on cylinders. It's, it's hard for me to think that they can possibly be as bad as they have been for the past few weeks. But who's going to show up? I mean, I'm, I don't feel the best about this game. I, I think the Eagles have more talent on the offensive side of the football. I know they do. And got yeah, I mean, just look at the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, you have to score points to win in the NFL, and we have been completely incompetent in that department yeah. the past few weeks. No points in the last three first halves. Three first halves. I think they can at least be average to mediocre this game. I I just think they won't they won't be able to do quite enough. I think the Eagles. Won't have that much success. I think it'll be like a 19-17 to 17 kind of game where you get a couple field goals. Each team kind of ekes in a touchdown. Yeah. Um, I do think the Eagles will end up winning just because, I mean, the trend to me is going in the complete wrong direction. No question. And Blake Bortles has shown the ability to reverse negative trends yeah. in the past. He did it last year. Um this seems like such it's a, a shot in the dark. I think you really could pick either team. I think the Eagles should probably be favored, but I do think their lack of any type of coverage on the outside is really going to hurt them. I think the the addition of Carlos Hyde is going to help the Jaguars' offense. It could be wishful thinking here, but I, I do think the Jaguars should be able to force some turnovers against these guys. Yeah. And I, I'm going to take the Jaguars 24-17 to win in London, to win their fourth consecutive game across the pond, and to break their three-game losing streak. I think Doug Marone is too prideful. I think this team is too prideful. I think they're still a quality team. And uh, I just don't see them losing four straight games. And <laughs> now that I think about it, Blake Bortles is like a phoenix. Every time you are 100% sure he's dead, yep. he's done, he's, he's getting ran out of town, he rises from the ashes and throws for 350 yards. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see if he can get it done this week. If not, we could see Cody Kessler pretty quickly. But yeah, I'm taking Jaguars 24 17. Scott is picking the Eagles 19 17. Yeah, get this guy Boo. off the show. That's going to do it, though, for the show. Enjoy the London game. Don't forget, 9.30 in the morning. We'll be out at Bricks Tap House if you want to join us. Hopefully the Jaguars can move to 2-0 in London under Doug Marone and improve to 4-4, excuse me, entering their bye week. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at Generation Jag, Facebook and Instagram, at Generation Jaguar. Thanks to Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Gen Jag podcast. 
And of course, check out genjag.com for all the latest news and analysis on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend, Duval. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.